Hey everybody, welcome back to Highest Aspirations, an education podcast that focuses on topics related to English language learners and how we can make a greater impact. Highest Aspirations is brought to you by Elevation Education, your partner for ELL program management and instruction. My name is Steve Sophronis, and I am proud to be the host of Highest Aspirations. This episode is part of our special Look for the Helper series. Fred Rogers of Mr. Rogers Neighborhood offered some relevant advice for navigating difficult times like these. He said, when I was a boy and I would see scary things in the news, my mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. The ELL community is full of helpers, and we are proud to amplify their voices as we face the reality of long-term school closures as a result of the COVID-19 outbreak. We are committed to keeping you informed and inspired with resources to help you support your English learners. We are stronger together. So if you'd like to share your ideas, inspiration, or simply share your voice, our doors are always open. Just go to bit.ly slash ellhelper to learn more. That's bit.ly slash capital E, capital L, capital L, capital H, E-L-P-E-R. You'll find that link in our show notes as well. Carol Selva and Tan Nguyen, thanks so much for joining us on our Look for the Helper series on Highest Aspirations. Thanks for having us. Pleasure to be here. So honored to be here again, Steve. Thank you. Again, yeah, it's, it's I think, twice and three times now for you, you all, and I'm really happy that that's happening because um, your input is highly valuable. You both have very unique and interesting perspectives in the topic that we're talking about today, which is um, PD during these challenging times and also more specifically the virtual uh, conference that, that you all have put on and I've been a part of and many others have as well. So Tan, I want to start uh, with you on this first question and Carol, hopefully you'll be able to jump in as well. Um, you know, educators around the world right now are being forced into remote learning and that's not hyperbole. Around the world, as you know, you're in Vietnam, I'm here in, in yes. uh, New Hampshire, uh, Carol's in Texas, so it's really mm -hmm. happening everywhere. Um, yes. And I want to focus today on, on PD because um, it's something that you both have heavily been involved in. But Tan, what do you see right now, both from your perspective as a teacher who's been sort of involved in this online thing for longer than we have in the United States and as a, as a respected member of sort of the, the greater PLN around the world, what do you see as, oh, as you. the great, yeah, absolutely, it's the truth. What do you see as um, some of the greatest needs right now when it comes to PD for teachers working with English learners? What do they need? So right now we're, th we're talking about virtual learning. So I think the most important thing is that we not overwhelm teachers with this app, that app. We say, I think administrators need to find out what is their go-to core things that they want to achieve during uh, virtual schooling. So they might say, you know what, we're really just focused on social emotional learning right now. And so we make that a, we make that our goal. And then that then can inform the, the language teachers because we are just trying to do all our own thing. But I think we're looking for the guidance of our administrators. My school has done that. They said, these are the things that we really care about. We care that you send work home with kids. We, we care that you develop relationship with kids through video conferences. We care that you uh, interact and collaborate with your teachers. Make this happen. You're allowed to make it happen the way you want to, but these are the things we use. And so that has really... That, I think that's what the teachers really need right now. They just need clarity from admin and people who can uh, set the course for them. Yeah, and it's interesting that you started with kind of the idea of online learning and remote learning. So immediately people's minds might go to the technology that you need to use, but it's really about yes. what's the end game and how can we right. get there? 
uh, which I think right. is great. Right. Carol, anything to add there? Well, I just, that resonates with me quite a bit because I just went to online teaching myself um, as someone who delivers professional development. We need, you know, we're, we have to change and adapt and stretch and grow exactly the same way. Uh, maybe not exactly the same way. I think a teacher's plate is so heavy with the other things that they have going on. But in terms of the technology and taking what you used to do face to face and putting it online, I've been living that for a week. It's painful. And, <laughs> um, it is. You just have to lift up teachers and but but what's resonating with me is that, yeah, it's not about the technology. It becomes so much clearer and so much easier for me when i when I go back to what do what does the participant need or the learner need? What's the end game? What am I trying to get across? Um, and then how can we get there? That hasn't changed what the goals are, and then what's available right now? We don't want to be it can be overwhelming if you start just looking at adding more and more tech tools to your belt. Yeah, absolutely. And we have this tendency to like overshare like so many different things and we all have a, a good heart about it. We want to do the right thing. Tom, you and I were talking about that last week. And if you send out, a, you know, a, a bunch of links, but without any direction of, to what the end game is, um, that can cause more, more harm than good. And, you know, when it comes to PD, I think it's the same thing for teachers. They can become overwhelmed very quickly, particularly now and they have so much on their plate. And y- you both have been involved in a variety of delivering professional development and professional learning in many different environments. I've been involved in some synchronously with Virtual when you can sit on your couch on Saturday morning and be a part of the whole thing. But you also <laughs> offer it asynchronously so that if you, unlike maybe some of us, have something to do on Saturday morning that would like to participate and we can come back in later and watch it uh, asynchronously. Um, so given that, that experience and given where we are right now, uh, Carol, I'll go to you for this. What, what as you kind of deliver webinars and, and different kinds of PD that, again, is available for consumption kind of live or later, what's resonating with people um, right now? And, and do you notice that it's changed as a result of the challenges we're facing over the last few weeks? Yes. Um, the thing that keeps coming back, and it might be because of the space that I'm in with newcomers and students with interruptions in education, what I'm seeing a lot of is the the um, the affective side. The pe- uh, teachers, educators, everyone in the field, their hearts are going out to the students who don't have access to the technology. Mm, right, so right. that is at the front, and that doesn't have you don't have to be you know a newcomer person to to feel that for your community and for the students. So that keeps re- coming up over and over and over again. Is what about my students? So if they're asking for PD, if teachers are looking for PD, we tend to go to that um, of what that that seems to be a theme that's coming up. And we have things for this, right? We have um, administrators that are in contact with the community. We might have social workers. We might have these things at our disposal, but we don't, as a teacher, we, we're connected to our students. And so the PDs that we offer and things like that, we have to offer, I feel like we have to offer teachers a mindset, um, something healthy for their own mindset, kind of like that, put your own oxygen mask on first Yeah. message within everything that we're doing right now. You can't even think clearly about what's available when you're at the front of your 
um, thoughts are the well-being of the students, but in the reality, it should be, right? <laughs> it should be for all of us. So how do we move forward productively when these kinds of things are going on in the field? I feel like that's, um, I'm not sure if that directly um, answers the question, but I just feel like anyone giving PD right now needs to support teachers in a way. Well, I think I think it's the whole teacher. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it does get to the heart of the question, which is like, I mean, I asked about, you know, sort of types of PD, but, you, you know, you can't really it, just like we were talking about before. You can't really think about that until you understand what the teacher needs. And, you know, as you were talking about that, it just resonates with me because I've talked to so many teachers and administrators who are saying we can't do anything academically for these students unless their basic needs are being met. It's the That's same for right. teachers. It's so when the you're parallel designing, is, yeah. Yeah, it's there. So when you're designing PD, you can't just say, oh, I'm going to do I'm going to do it at, you know, three o'clock because that's when most people get out of school, you know, and and we're going to do it synchronously. You have to provide different ways to do it. Um, the parallels are direct for what we do with students and how we would we should be supporting educators right now. Absolutely. I think that's coming into focus, which is great. Um, mm hmm. So, Tan, I think this next question is a good one for you, given your time zone. Um, <laughs> how about sort of sort of time? You, I mean, you're working with, you're doing webinars and different things with people in the States. I'm sure you're doing it there in your own school, in Vietnam, um, which I guess is kind of partially related to my question. So I guess more of a good transition than anything else. But are you finding um, that uh, sort of new schedules as a result uh, to a sh of a shift to online learning models or making it more feasible for educators to take advantage of PD? In other words, like teachers aren't, aren't sort of in-person face-to-face from, you know, 7.30 in the morning to 2.30 in the afternoon. Is this, are you seeing that this is sort of providing more access to the PD that you're either putting out there online or in webinars, um, or is it basically the same as it was? I, it's interesting because last week we held, so Kara and I, Last two weeks, we had a virtual reboot. The first week, we had about 40 teachers. Then the next week, we had about 100, 100 teachers come on. And I think we'll have more. And it, it looks like it's going to increase. It's because I think you're right. Now the teachers are not um, at school, face-to-face -face with teachers and students. They have this space, but they also have this desire to really learn. And I think as... Uh, Districts and administrators are thinking about, and we've, like, they're reflecting of, wow, what can we learn from the, from the COVID-19 COVID pandemic? We maybe learned that we can provide professional learning in different ways, and it doesn't have to be just three o'clock synchronously at the same time, because now people are coming online, and all these webinars are coming on, and people are really signing up to them, and it says, I think that's a showing for for districts to say, hey, let's reconsider how we're doing this. Let's keep on doing synchronous three o'clock professional learning for teachers who want it. But in addition, let's encourage other forms as well. And so time is a consideration is, is that. Yeah, absolutely. Anything to add there, Carol, from your perspective in terms of like how people are consuming PD given their schedule change uh, at the moment? I just feel like, like teachers are rock stars. <laughs> they always yeah. have been. They always have been, you know, and I, being put back in the classroom, it really humbled me 
um, to remember what all a teacher has to go through. So when you're sitting there going, well, how come they're not using their tech tools more that we train them on? You know, there's reasons for that. <laughs> and teachers were mm. very, very busy before and their plates are very heavy and everybody has, it has their own reality. Well, now we've shifted into this new reality where we don't have any choice. And when we don't have any choice, we can do it. Yeah, are you we kidding? Innovate. We can do it. We step up. We step up. It's painful, like I said. But when you do, you're stronger and you don't lose that skill. So whenever we go back to whatever you know normal is for education, there are going to be some <laughs> silver linings. And some of them yeah. we're already seeing. We're already seeing. So I applaud every teacher that's really stretching themselves out there. But it's getting easier. It will continue to get easier and we'll continue to get better at it. Even serving those students that we were talking about a minute ago, we got to remember this is a temporary situation and how are we going to get better for them? Right. And I love the silver linings piece. And I promise everybody we will end on that note in just a little bit uh, because I think it's so important. And and I'm a a glass half full kind of guy. And I think you all are too. Um, Mm -hmm. And we have to look at that. Um, but but I, I, I do want to talk about um, about resources and, 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 and to sort of mitigate the risk of giving people, as we talked about earlier, too many resources without <laughs> kind of the end game in mind. Let's focus on virtual and maybe a couple others. So, um, Carol, for, for, for those of us who, who don't or those people listening who don't know about what virtual is, could you give us just a quick sort of recap um, of what it is, kind of why it started um, and and you know, what parts of that are kind of readily available for our teachers to consume both uh, right now asynchronously and synchronously in the future? Absolutely. So Virtuel is the brainchild of Tan Nguyen. And I'm so honored to, you know, to just collaborate with this guy, my co-host here. I mean, my, my you know, the other guy here in the room. So Tan, <laughs> in the virtual room. Right, right. So Tan, a few years back, had an idea to take our, um, the, the great conferences, the idea of great conferences, and to do one online. We'd actually been watching Mad PD, which is Make a Difference PD, and that is out of Canada, and it's kind of an unconference online. We have like 100 presenters, and this is so innovative, and this was three years ago. And so Tyne had the idea to do more of a traditional-looking conference with a keynote and with breakout sessions, but he was adamant about wanting to remove any barriers for any teacher. So it's nonprofit, of course, we have everything. We don't even need your email. We never ask for that. It's not a registration thing. Um, But he wanted to do a virtual conference that just removes any barrier, any physical barrier, any financial barrier, um, and specifically for teachers of English learners. So to that end, we decided to do it on YouTube and to stream some at first we were doing some pre-recorded and some live nancy motley who wrote talk read talk right was our first keynote speaker and that was in 2017 and then as the years went on we we asked for more live we were doing more live because people just enjoy that synchronous being able to come together to interact with the presenters on twitter live at the same time and actually in their youtube presentations in the chat rooms it's just very exciting so now we have three years of virtual conferences and the keynote speakers are, you know, at the head of the field, like Jana Chivaria with our keynote last year and Andrea Honigsfeld. So that was in the past three years. And then like Tan said, we are rebooting. 
We are rebooting this week and last week with slow chats and Zoom hangouts with these, with these presenters. Uh, and we're about to announce the 2020 keynote speaker. And that's the conference is going to happen in July. So again, it's available to everyone. It's always available streaming over YouTube and it's all still there. And uh, just a couple of things that I feel like I need to say because it's so important and you mentioned it, but like you're taking down so many barriers here and no matter what the world looks like, hopefully a lot different in July, everybody can still mm. access this thing, which is amazing, right? There are yeah, so many conferences that have been canceled, rightly so for mm -hmm. great reasons, but people can always access them. And you know, you talk about how you're breaking down barriers. I've talked with everybody who's come on this sort of look for the helper series about equity when it comes to students. I mean, how equitable is this when it comes to teachers, which we don't talk about very frequently. There are teachers who right. can, there's no way that they can afford to fly to Las Vegas to go to Nabe or go that's to California or WIDA. Um, yeah. So it's amazing that, that, uh, that, that that's happening. And I just really applaud you for it. And, you know, it's not like these things are sort of sitting there in the ether when they end. You're like taking the great parts or the relevant parts of previous conferences. And I love the, uh, the rebooting. I love that term. And you're sort of rebooting them and, and, and putting them out there so folks can join however they want. It's really, I really applaud you for it. It's, it's, it's an amazing That's Carol. That She's, <laughs> yeah, she, she always comes up with really great ideas. And I'm like, okay, I'll help you make them happen. And so um, like the move to, to being mostly online live has been Carol. And this whole rebooting thing is Carol as well. She's like, hey, you know what, Tan? This is relevant. Let's, all these conferences are canceled. We don't have to wait until July uh, to June to, to show another one. Let's go back and share what we already have. And then we got the, the, the keynote speakers on and, and people are coming on to learn. And so that's really uh, a, like a gratitude to, it's all because of Carol and the way that she ah. says, let's make it happen. This is relevant okay. right now. Let's let's help everyone else. Let's let's provide support as much as possible. And she's one of the helpers out there. Thank you, Todd. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. I mean, we could go back and forth with the love fest because <laughs> <laughs> you know how we are. I just think it's amazing. But really, you know what, Steve? The the reason that it works so well is because of the professional learning network, the PLN. Um, who help the presenters, first of all, and also they share it. And then they share with us what they're doing mm -hmm. with it. So here's an example. I mean, it's just phenomenal. Their PLN on Twitter is phenomenal. And so the, um, you can look at the hashtag virtual and, and just see what's going on with this over the years. So here's an example. We have administrators, not now for sure, but every summer that just take the videos and create their own um, online conference in their district and right. they might have some live presenters you know of their teachers to help grow their own educators but they can mix in some of these people yeah. have been using these videos and you know yes we get questions can we use these can we use these they're for you they're for everyone and we're only more inspired by how the field has been using them so now this is more relevant than ever yeah, open-ended and remixed and rebooted and used in a variety of different ways. And it's just great. I mean, and, and you, you both, you know, uh, have been, you know, widely sharing your information. I remember 
Carol, two years ago when I first asked you to come on the podcast. And I know you have your podcast, which is amazing. And I said, I don't, you know, I know you have your own. So I don't know if you want to come on mine. And I was kind of, but it was like, no, what? Share what we have. And now I've learned since then. But, you know, um, people should know that. I only mention that now because, it, you know, everything that, that I think all of us are putting out there, and we all come from sort of different places in terms of where we are now professionally. Mm-hmm. I think the common thread is we were all teachers. Um, but right. but uh, it's, it's all to be put out there and shared and used by others, um, which is what sort of really inspires me and makes me grateful for the work that you do and uh, that I'm lucky enough to do to do the work that I do. And well, we, we appreciate that you're a part of it last year, that you agreed to come and be part of that uh, mid-conference it was kind of a um, kind of a halftime show. Yeah, panel that was fun. The, it was fantastic, and people really responded well to that. I mean, people really liked that y'all, you know, reflected on the first few videos before we got to see the next ones go on live. So, Tom, do you want to announce the date? We just we haven't even announced it yet. In the Ooh, that speaker. would be exciting. Go for it. And yes, and by the way, that halftime show was also again Carol's idea. So, uh, stop it. Okay, props <laughs> where they belong. <laughs> <laughs> so the, tell the people tell the people about yeah, okay it, we're, it's gonna happen july saturday july 18th because we've asked people we said hey pln what are your thoughts do you want to in may june july august september and people said july and august resoundingly so we thought about okay july would be a great time august people are coming back why don't we just give them one month ahead of time to do that so july 18th saturday it'll be 10 eastern time and Kara, do you want to announce the keynote? Drumroll. Uh, it's Larry Ferlando. Larry Ferlando is going to be our keynote speaker this year. And we're super excited to have Amazing. Larry. I know. I know. Hey, so I mean, the amount of, of I, I've spoken with them on the podcast before. And I said to him, I don't, I don't know how you what, do all the things that you do. It's on Ed Week oh and blogs God. and podcasts and everywhere. Uh, what a great resource. And that's amazing. And thank you for uh, for announcing that here. I'm excited. We'll make sure that we let everybody know. So are we. We're beyond excited. We appreciate Larry. Everybody does in the field. He does so much for the field. Still in the classroom, but he writes for Education Week. He writes for the New York Times. He's just, and it, it kind of goes to another, another thing that we were going to talk about, about the overwhelming, like when you are overwhelmed with the number of resources and things in the field right now. My biggest tip to people is choose a filter. Choose a filter that you trust. And that's going to help as things settle out. Like Larry has always been my filter. Ton is another great filter. If I check these people, their blogs, because they're consistently putting out um, like a blog that if you subscribe to, you can get a quick, you know, I guess it depends what you need. Um, But for me, those guys in the field are my filter and it really helps. Yeah. I mean, thinking about like what I sort of put out in our community brief that goes out every week, we have a section for of what we call what we're reading, which is just, you know, was sort of articles and blog posts that are trending. And the ones that are constantly going up there are from certainly from you both. We put them up there. Um, Carol, some of your stuff is from is through Sidelets as well and some of your own and mm-hmm. tons of your stuff from the blog. We put always something from Larry Falazzo. Uh, you know, Valentina Gonzalez and some others. And those are the ones, those are the filters that I've sort of, I think subconsciously right. just sort of chosen because they're always so relevant and popular and people, you know, really, they, they resonate. That's a really great um, piece of advice. Pick a filter. Yeah, look for people who are sharing things that are research-based. 
Right. And, that's another good and point. That's, that's what I know. I see that you do. That's why I really appreciate your show is, you know, how, what makes a good filter. <laughs> right. 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 So let's talk about um, I have two more questions. I want to get to that silver linings piece at the end. But before I do that, you, you mentioned the hashtag for virtual. Um, I'll post the website and all the information um, on the show notes as well. But but how, how else can people get involved if people are interested in, in not only participating, but maybe they feel like they have something to contribute? Is there a way that they can um, get in touch or get involved? I'll let Tan speak to that. Well, the way the way we have people involved is besides going to the chats and then talking about it and then engaging is we recommend that teachers have watch parties uh, to make it relevant. So to, so in, in July, if you can ha- go to a barbecue and just sit together, you could do that. If you want to participate what we do, Kara and I, we don't really have a call out for speakers, but what we do is we watch for a whole year who's participating, who's really engaging, who's really sharing things that's been really uh, received well, who's been active. And we say, you know what? I think this person has a voice. And I think this person really wants to share. And we look for their passion. And then we ask them directly to say, would you like, we so it's an invitation. Um, we haven't moved yet to an application part, but we just invited people. And the best way you could do it is if, if the spirit of virtual is just sharing from what you know, and we want to see that you've just shared throughout the year um, and where that, that piques our interest, that, 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 puts a, that puts you on, uh, that puts teachers on our map to say, hmm, let's get this person on. I think that's great. I really do. That you all are, I mean, you're always involved in, in the PLM, both on Twitter and in other places. And just knowing you have your finger on the pulse of what's happening and you can invite people. The other thing that that sounds so great right now is uh, a watch party and a barbecue. And <laughs> a Tom, barbecue. I'll, I'll quote you sitting together. That sounds pretty amazing. Maybe by July we could be doing. That. <laughs> well, it's so fun because we're all on Twitter at the exact same time and yes. on YouTube. So we're watching and tweeting, and the the presenters are also you're interacting with these people. We could be right. interacting with some people that you could just never bring to the district, all these people to present. So it's fantastic. And then again, like you said, the asynchronous piece is there. Those, those videos are there in replay. And that's why we're looking for people who share because we want, we want you to be following people who will not just give you that, but also give other good research-based content into the field. Right. Afterwards. All right. Well, I promised silver linings and I'm ending all of these with silver linings. And you all have already brought some up. Um, but uh, Carol, I'll have you start. And then Tan, I want you to chime in here, even though we've already talked about this last week. Um, there's been a lot of focus on the challenges. I think it, um, this whole thing has exposed certainly a lot of inequities and a lot of issues that, that, that we need to deal with. Um, but it also exposes a lot of the amazing things that schools do that, that people don't even know about from making sure that students are well-fed to making sure that they're taking care of socially, emotionally, and finally trickling down to academics, which is honestly the last thing that many districts are concerned about right now, and and rightly so in my opinion. So looking forward six to 12 months when this whole thing is hopefully behind us, um, what do you see as something we will have learned from this whole experience? And let's put a focus on kind of professional development and what, what is going to be better? How are we going to be better from this whole thing? in in that time frame. Carol, why don't you start there? I know you've already kind of teased this a little bit, but I'd love to hear you talk it out. Yeah. 
I'm just, I'm just certain as, as everybody is starting to become certain about the fact that it will never, never go back to the way it was before. We'll never go mm-hmm. back to just going in and out of brick and mortar buildings. I mean, as a field um, and then trying to get people to use tech because we know it can help them or their students. It's never going to go back to that because again, we'll never forget the skills that we've all learned. Um, in my professional learning that I'm offering, I can't even tell you, I mean, huge fails. Don't get me wrong. We've had huge fails <laughs> myself in of the course. last few days because it's the nature of risk taking, right? And so we're taking bigger risks, but the reward, the net gain over the last few days far outweighs the fails. So I'm getting, you know, I'm getting more proficient. I'm realizing as the teachers are that there's some things to putting my PDs online that I was focused on the negative pieces for me in this. And I didn't even realize some of the major wins that we have with doing things online with teachers. I know they're going to experience that in the classroom. We're experiencing it as people who offer professional development. I think I know everyone in the world right now, there's just so much, um, there's so much anxiety, but there is also so much uh, evidence of people being their best selves. And so we'll look back, we'll look back. And I don't think there's any way that we can get any other way to get this huge amount of people to shift in in a direction. So that's the silver lining. We're learning what we're made of. We're learning what we're made of and we're learning we can do hard things and we're learning that we're growing in it. And when we look back, we'll be, we'll be better for it in some ways. Very well said. Tan, anything to add? Yeah, I think in this situation, um, there are more questions than there are answers. And every day there are even more and more questions. And uh, there are a lot of people who are, there are, there are experts who are providing experience, but the majority of us, including the consultants, have never done this professionally, have never provided extensive um, virtual schooling or provided pr- extensive consulting virtually. Mm-hmm. Yet the answers are really coming from schools, coming from teachers, coming from teams of teachers exploring. So I guess what I'm saying is when districts are now looking at ways, options of providing professional learning, one option is yes, the option of bringing people in and bringing experts in and, and having them share. But I think another one that they're starting to realize is that the answers are already can be found in schools, in teams, mm-hmm. with teachers in their districts. Right. Because they can see right now the, the, what, the ways that teachers are problem solving around situations. And they're coming up with those answers from team meetings, virtually or in person or at home. And they're coming up with these ideas that no one else is thinking about because they're putting teachers together. And I think the landscape of professional learning in the future will be, hey, there are answers out there, but I think the people who have the most, the the answers, the most relevant are the teachers. So let's put them together, let's give them time, let's give them a voice to experiment and try. Yeah, very well said. I mean, it's 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 really the truth. I mean, in this this these trying times are are breeding innovation from the people who are who are most able to innovate, which are the people that are working with the students every single day, um, and maybe even just sort of the the construct of what time looks like now for for teachers and what they have to do 
um, is just creating these opportunities that I, I feel the same way. I don't think it's ever going to be the same. And I say that in the most positive um, way. And, and just, right. I'll just add that like the people outside the profession now, I have a friend who's, you know, who has two kids and like me, he's trying to balance his work life. He's a scientist, <laughs> right? With his two kids and teaches kids and his wife's a, a, a school counselor, but he never was a teacher. And, and he's like, you know what I've learned most from this is that a teacher <laughs> is really really important and most yeah. people most people it's look not replaceable it, and they don't look at it as almost like sort of quote unquote a real job right i mean it's crazy yes. and now mm-hmm. the, and he he said he said i there's no way that i can educate my kids to the extent that these <laughs> teachers can right like so i've learned something and, that, and that's like just a little anecdotal conversation that i had over zoom uh, a couple a couple of weeks nice. ago but um it's just nice to hear you know it, it, it's it's terrible that people sort of looked at it as like not a real profession or whatever before, because there were those people out there. But now there's just just huge spotlight shining on, wow, like these people are doing like really, really important work, which is crazy that I'm saying that out loud. But but maybe that will help, you know, in the end. But um, anyway, so just, I digress. Um, Thank you both so much for, for all the work that you do. I really... Uh, speak for everyone on behalf of Elevation and all of the other teachers that I've worked with um, when I say that your work uh, and the way that you share it is is greatly appreciated. And thanks also for taking the time um, to come on the podcast again um, and talk about this really important issue. And we'll share out everything that you want us to share um, about Virtual and look forward to future collaboration. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you for what you're doing, Steve. Thanks for listening to Highest Aspirations. If you liked our show, please be sure to join the ELL community at elevationeducation.com slash ELL community, where you'll find all the episodes of Highest Aspirations and other resources to help educators maximize the impact on their English language learners. Also, let us know how we're doing by writing a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts.